NHL Fantasy. Hey, what's up, Shelfies? Coming at you live, me and Scotty tonight. We got a couple uh, of the Top Shelf guys missing out, Tom and Craig. Hope to see you soon. But we got Top Shelf Docket 178 or Podcast 178 coming for you. This is uh, December 1st, 2021, finally into the month of December as the year, the fantasy year starts to wind down. But hopefully you're making a playoff push in your leagues. Hopefully you've taken our advice for most of the season and you're well on your way. Uh, as always, listen on our website, topshelffantasy.com, or really any podcast player. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at topshelffntsy. Scotty, what's going on, brother? How your leagues looking? How much? Um, not the top of any league, but not the <laughs> bottom. Um, I, I'll take it as a win. I mean, as, as long as you're not in a, a spot where you can get last, I think that's fine, especially this season with all the injuries. If you're able to fight through that and still have a slight chance to, you know, make a small run that good for you. Um, yeah. Few especially if you're in a punishment league, you don't want last place. <laughs> oh God. I mean, talk about your red dog one last place has to do a stand-up show. Yeah. Stand-up comedy set, whatever we can get like 10, 15 minutes, whatever they'll give us. That's going to be brutal. I'm so like, as soon as we decided on that, I said, I will do whatever it takes to stay out of last place. Luckily I just took sole control of first place from Tom last week. So <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Rolling. I mean, and again, that's why you have to have a last place punishment. So you don't yeah. want, you know, you don't get those teams. Go, oh, I suck. Throw in the towel because you are just fighting for playoffs. You're fighting for the 11th spot at a 12. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be that guy. Cause the next year, no, no one's gonna know that you're 11th place because they only care about who came in last. <laughs> yep. And we got legit four guys who could all end up there. Um, Mersh, Craig, Beef, and uh, Patio. They're all four and eight or five and seven. So these last couple of weeks are going to be Jesus. very interesting. The window, yeah. like the, the biggest upside is that whoever has to do that stand up shit is going to bomb and it's going to be funny. I was worried that like Bobby was going to get it and Bobby's freaking funny. So that was going to suck. So it would kind of work out, yeah. <laughs> he went out there and killed. I'd be like, dude, damn it. <laughs> damn it. Fun. I'm going to come in last place every year. This is awesome. <laughs> but yeah, um, ton of news this week. I'm going to pop right into it. Yeah, I mean, once again, the, the injury is piling up. It's heartbreak left one. and right. First one, Delvin Cook, we'll, we'll talk about. Uh, expected to miss two games at least. Um so don't make it just seem like, oh, he's out two weeks. Do I pick up Madison just for two weeks? Is it worth it? Yeah, it's definitely worth it. Because if Madison comes out and plays well like he's done in the past when Cook's been hurt, why rush Cook back? I mean, right. We, we've seen it with Cook the last two years. Um, fantastic all season long. When it comes to fantasy playoffs, he's not there for you because he breaks down. Hopefully this is a good sign that, you know, they rest him up for week. 14 plus and then he makes a nice run for you because yeah, he's screwed you over the last two seasons oh exactly and i think we even wrote in our waiver article madison is a re- realistically a league winner at this point and dump as much fab as you possibly could on him uh because even though they say at least two weeks i mean it's two shoulder injuries he's got i think a torn labrum in one shoulder and a dislocated shoulder on the other side so i mean that's brutal for a running back like well for any running back but especially the way that Dalvin cook runs the football so uh, Alexander I mean, Madison, Kenny and Wongu, these guys now have value. I think Madison is the clear cut choice 
Um, if you're in a super deep league, I would certainly stash Kenny and Wongu because if Madison goes out and blows his ACL up first play next week or this week, you're going to want the, the next guy up. So as much as yeah. Madison was the handcuff for Cook, I think in Wongu's the handcuff for Madison. You really have to make moves that quickly. Yeah, and that's what people don't really look at that much. Like, oh, like I had the handcuff for Cook. I'm great. Or oh, the handcuff for Cook in Madison's out there in free agency. I'm going to spend all my fab. Now there's another guy that's a handcuff to Madison. So you right. got to kind of go down the chain. Um, I mean, we can talk about another one too. CMC is done for the season. Yeah, brutal uh, on, again. On, on, <laughs> second year in a row. He's he played seven games, but you wouldn't think that he did. It felt like so much less than that. And like, and I had yeah. him on multiple teams and I, I don't think, I don't think with the way that this season is trending for him, that he can be on the top five or be in the top five conversation. I think he's outside that next season. I mean, the, the just like you said, seven games, but even when he came back off, off these long injuries, you just never trusted him. And, I yeah. Know, I mean, and even last week I had him in a few weeks, puts up 2.5 points you're looking for a guy that gives you at least a 15 point floor, which would have won me three week, three leagues. I lost three leagues because of it. Yep. Um, and that's just something like you're not going to sub them out for someone else. Cause it's CMC, <coughs> but yeah, this, this is the second season in a row. So he's now right there with Saquon Barkley is saying like, all right, these guys talent wise and when they're on the field, fully healthy are game changers, but that's been a massive if and when they're on the field. Yeah, uh, that, I mean, like you said, Barkley, same exact conversation. He's played one, two, four, five, six, seven games as well this year. It's like, and you, and you wouldn't think they played seven at all. Yeah, and he's got you know some of those same things where he gave you seven points or point nine points. Like you can't, you can't have these because those are guaranteed, almost guaranteed losses in those weeks. So, I mean, they've played themselves right out of top consideration. And I mean, again, we go back to the handcuff, Chuba Hubbard. He's a guy that you dump, dump all your fab on, or a, at least a, a big chunk of it, because he played well when CMC was down before, and he's right back into that same role. So um, I don't know who the next guy up. Yeah, in, uh, in I'll Carolina kinda, is. you know, I, I yeah. So it would be Abdullah, right? And I think that's more of a interesting guy that we need to talk about a little bit, just because. Carolina's been down. I mean, their team started off good, and now they look like shit. If they're going to be down and check off to the running back, I think that guy is Abdullah. I mean, you we saw we've seen it with CMC there the last few weeks, and even last week, I think he outplayed um, Hubbard too. Yeah, it's so, targets as well. I mean, that's that's nothing to. It's huge, it's huge. It's I mean, I mean, if, especially a team that that passes to the running back a shitload, and if you have Cam, what's he going to do? Is going to check it out as much as he can because he can't throw the ball over 10 yards. Yeah. So I think he's he's definitely interesting because he's now a handcuff of Hubbard. It's not like seems he's going to come back and yeah. like they, they both could be fine. Like Hubbard's not going to get the 25 plus points that CMC could give you. He'll give you the 12 to 15 maybe a multiple touchdown game, but um Abdullah could be sneaky. The only thing is they're bye weeks this week so it's like I have to pick up Abdullah this week. And then wait for them to play in week 14 to see how that happens. Yeah. And then it's playoffs. Then and, it's you've like got, shit. Like, and you've got the massive curveball of Sam Darnold coming back, uh, possibly after the bye. He resumed throwing right. today. So, uh, not great. Yeah. I mean, those two are, are 
massive. And then another one that's been a headache for me in a lot of leagues is Antonio Brown expected to miss at least two more weeks. Which Why? sucks. I mean, every been... single week, every single week, it's Bruce Arian saying well, last week he was, all right, you know, he's out week 12. We thought he'd be back by week 11, but he will play week 13. Perfect. I won't drop him then. Right. I haven't dropped him all year. Oh, he's out for the next two weeks. Like at least put the guy on IR. So like we knew back then how severe the injury was. Right. Cause you wouldn't have held him for, uh, what's that? Seven weeks now. Like, seven weeks now. Jesus with seven, seven weeks of a zero on your bench. Like when you probably could have picked up a lot of good people for like from week six to now. So that's one of the things I hate about the NFL uh, and coaching staffs, like just not being, I, I think I've beat this horse to death with the AJ green uh, stories, but it's just like, tell me what the real injury is. Let me give a real realistic timeline off the bat and it's all move on with our lives. But what are you going to do? At least, for now you'd consider Godwin and Evans um, uh, like even not so much a bump with AB out because he's been out for so long, but it, it re-solidifies their roles in the offense without him coming back. I think the second he comes back, you worry more about the two of them. Yeah. I mean, they're both fantastic receivers. So it's not like they have to have AB back. They have Gronk yeah. back now. So that's another yeah. weapon there. I mean, get the guy healthy for the playoffs. You're going to make a run. Um, sucks for fantasy, but fantastic for Tom Brady to get a healthy AB back for like week 17. <laughs> yeah, he'll be the sucks for us. last year. He's yeah. just coming it, back for the playoff. Yeah. So he's out at least two weeks. Yeah. He's likely out all fantasy playoffs, but I still can't drop him. I still can't do it. Yeah, I don't think I if I don't I don't think I own any shares of him anywhere, but I don't think I'd be able to drop him either. Um just I mean, with, you have, with his upside, yeah. who are you going to return that has his, his little upside? In one league, I'm holding Calvin Ridley on the off chance he comes back. So yeah. <laughs> I can't I think I can make put him in the same position. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, Daniel Jones, expected to miss this week. Mike Glennon going to start. Uh, he sustained a neck injury, but yep. uh, that's not good. But for right now, they're calling it not season ending. So we'll take that as you will. Um, I don't think it really matters. Daniel Jones isn't necessarily, well, I don't want to make light of his neck injury, but I don't think he's necessarily fantasy relevant most weeks unless you're playing him like a streaming quarterback situation. So I don't want to spend too much time on him. One that I think we all like a little bit more, Chase Edmonds. He's out again this week, but they expect him back in week 14. He's been out for a while with no reports of him coming back. So I would trust the week 14 timeline a little bit more than some of these other uh, updates that we've gotten on other players. So that's huge. Um, not only for the Cardinals as they continue to return players, but for Chase Edmonds owners who have definitely held him this entire time. And I really think it doesn't hurt James Conner all that much either. Cause you saw them coexist quite fine at the beginning of the year. And it's probably good for his workload. So he can continue to, you know, uh, not have to shoulder the entire load on his own. You know, Benjamin's been completely useless. So they'll be happy to have Edmonds back. Oh yeah. That's massive for them. I mean, with him out, they've had Kyler and, Hopkins out for the same amount of time. So they haven't really had their, a lot of their weapons for three plus weeks. Yeah. That's a, that's a big loss for a team that is pretty reliant on those three positions. So, um, but yeah, so I, well, I guess while we're talking about the Cardinals, Kyler and D hop are hopeful that they play this week. So assuming they're back, they get Chase Evans back next week, Cardinals right back on track. And I think again, a corollary effect is that, AJ Green gets a big bump up when the second, you know, Hawkins steps back on the field. So um, 
know, I think all signs point to up for the for the Cardinals. And if for any reason any of these guys were dropped in your league, you should be snagging them right now. Not that yeah, I mean, Kyler I would Dehoff, think Chase Evans maybe. Right. Yeah, Evans is um <clears throat> a, tr- a tricky one. I a few leagues I seen him dropped, and I mean with a team I have in that league that he's available. All my guys on the bench are already either on buys or hurt, so I can't add another guy that's hurt because I can't start a freaking roster. Yeah, <laughs> so like right. I think a lot, a lot of teams are at that point where it's like, oh, Chase Evans is out there, I can't drop anyone because everyone else is hurt on my bench. It's like who, what, what guy would you look like? I have Michael Carter. I'd rather him when he comes back than Chase Evans. Yeah, so that's where I think a lot of teams are, are kind of viewing that. But if you have the space, I would snag him. Yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah, done, did done practice on Wednesday. Yeah, players? yeah, Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, DNPs. What's not great? Uh, I mean, Kadarius Tony missed last week. That was news to me as I made my parlay bet. Um, <laughs> so that that's funny. right. But, did you hit that besides nah, him? No, nah, nah. I hit like two of the 10 I picked. Or something <laughs> They're like that. so hard. Yeah, brutal. I had freaking Ramondre Stevenson though, and I know I missed on my sleeper with him or my flex start. Um, but he missed that touchdown by maybe like two yards. He just needed to stumble mm-hmm. forward a little bit more. I was like, uh, I was, was praying. But um, <laughs> Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, that's even more brutal for Mike Lennon if he's going to have to play this week with essentially just Kenny Galladay, um, Darius Slayton, I suppose. But that, that's Colin a tough Johnson, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I'm a shell of Saquon Barkley. So uh, pretty much staying away from the Giants in, in all start formations um, this week, assuming that they, they – continue to not practice um the, a much bigger one let's just get to it darren waller did not practice he's banged up he's i think he's listed as doubtful uh which is kind of sketchy for a wednesday yeah um so he's his injury was considered week to week which is why i'm kind of surprised they're kind of like telling us every day like oh he's not practicing today but we'll see t- tomorrow like, if the guy's week to week he's likely out if he's not out com- like completely then call him day today instead don't call him week to week right which i think i think that like he's more doubtful than anything yeah 100 percent um then it's a, it's a knee as well so it's like if you're so questionable that they're calling your knee injury like, like your knee is not going to heal so much over the next couple of days of sitting out of practice that you can play at, at, at an nfl ultra elite tight end level so I, I don't know. It's very interesting. The Raiders, however, in, are in must-win situations. I mean, they're they're one game back on the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and these are games they can't let go. So if they can get Darren Waller out there, I'm sure they will, but you're also massively invested in the guy. So bringing him back early to just see him injure himself further isn't uh, necessarily a solution either. Not at all. Uh, uh, another tight end, Firemuth. Not as big a game. <laughs> yeah. Can you guys work I mean, there's optimism he, that he clears, but I don't know. Yeah, it's it's still Wednesday, so we definitely have time um, for concussion protocol. Um, especially if it happened, you know, during the game last week, you should have time to clear it. Depends how severe it is. I haven't heard too much about it. Um, I mean, he, come Friday, if, if he's not on the field, then that's a massive red flag. Yeah, that's exactly what I'd look for. If he's not practicing by the end of the week, um, I wouldn't expect him to play. Mm-hmm. This is a big one, too. Uh, DeAndre Swift didn't practice today. 
again, uh, another week-to-week thing, but he's still questionable to play. Yeah, and with an AC joint <laughs> injury, we saw that uh, with James Conner a couple of years ago, and he missed significant time. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, they play a little bit different role, Swift and, and Conner, but, I mean, your shoulders are no joke. And you, you just saw he kind of fell awkwardly with the weight of the defender on top of him. Yeah. I don't know. You don't want to see him rush it out there and then completely tear an AC joint or something like that. Cause that's a long recovery process. So um, hopefully it's a sprain or something like that. And, and yeah, I mean, back, but you've got Jamal Williams there. So I would hope that they would just lean on him. Um, I don't know that they will, but they're not a great team anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I mean, they're the Lions, So to r- rush Swift back on a team that's not coming close to playoffs, is it worth it? Probably not. Like you sh- might see him, just shut down for the season, get him back healthy next year, which sucks for fantasy owners, but. Yep. And I mean, again, Jamal Williams was a guy who was dropped in a lot of leagues because he didn't have great oh, games yeah. and he, he uh, missed a couple of weeks there with his injury. So he was a guy that you probably could have picked up um, if you had, if you had the fab budget for it. And he's another one that I, I wouldn't say is a league winner, but he's startable every week, especially in PPR formats. I mean, he should see a lot of action from Jared Goff or whoever ends up under center for uh, the Lions as we end, up th- end the season. But, yep. I mean, he ha- he's a massive value as a pass catcher, catcher of the ball. Catcher of the ball. <laughs> That's right. really my, my whole point there. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, this week's waivers were actually probably the biggest week of the season. And you yeah. always see this each year at the end of the year. Like, big names go down. People have fab left. You're seeing people bid 50 bucks on Jamal Williams because they missed out on Chuba or Madison. Yep. Yeah, our league, Tom got Chuba for 28. I only had 21 left. He had like 80-something. That's so he for a discount. Very upsetting. Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, he played And him that's right. why he held on to the fab. <laughs> yep, and he knew Brickley was the only one who could compete with him with 70, and he knew Brickley was not even going to bid on anybody in, in waivers. <laughs> Brutal. Um, yep. Daryl Henderson. Quad injury. Um, I really think he's going to be a true game time decision. Sony Michelle, if not, is the next man up. I'll give you the spoiler right now. Sony's my flex start of the week. I think that with or without true. with or without uh, Henderson sitting, if he's on the field, not a big deal. I think Sony still gets a lot of work as they don't try to overload that uh, that quad that's bothering Henderson. I don't think there's yep. any reason to overwork him, especially as the Rams take on the Jaguars. Um, I expect him to be up. I expect him to be running the ball. I just expect it to be with Sony and not Henderson, whether he's active or not. Yeah. Um, today it said he didn't practice, but they expect him to play. Yeah. Don't know how you, how you can re- really say that if he doesn't practice. Yeah. But again, they're facing the Jays. I, I I know they lost three in a row and they have to win, but it's the it's the Jags, and this is a guy who's looked great for you all year, and he's a guy that that has broken down when you know he gets a lot of work so if you're a playoff team and you need this guy you definitely do like he's better than michelle yeah you want him for your playoff so i do see them sitting him just to be cautious i mean i think that's the smartest thing to do but we'll see yeah like you said they need this win but it's the jags so yeah you you would think they can get with michelle and and the (laughs) passing game you would you You would would think. think Um, and then one other did not practice is J.D. McKissick. He had that uh, scary injury last week um, where he had to get carted off the field. I did see, just see that he's in concussion protocol. 
So maybe it wasn't so much the neck injury that we all thought it was, and it's more of a concussion, which, I mean, the six one half dozen of the other, they're, they're both terrible. They're both scary. Um, I don't think he plays. I mean, if you get carted off the field, I don't really think that you're on your way back for the next game. But he's still questionable. He's not ruled out. If he is out, Antonio Gibson seemed to take over some of the passing work out of the backfield, uh, and, that, and that's a big bump for him in, in PPR format. That's something he hasn't done a ton of this year. And he had his highest carry count of the year last week at 29. So um, if McKissick's out, I mean, it's, it's just a huge bump to, to Antonio Gibson. And he appears to be recovered or at least recovering from those shin injuries. So um, who knows? Good sign. Keep monitoring it. If McKissick plays, I probably don't want to start him. I think he's one awkward hit away from probably sitting out the rest of the game. Um, but that's, that's a judgment call. Yep. Um, and, uh, and other news, um, Adrian Peterson signed again on the spot. It's the second team of the year. He's gone to visit them and, and he signed on the spot. So he's signing with Seattle practice squad for now. I'm sure he'll get brought up, but they have a bye week. So there's no point to bring out to the active roster yet. Um, this was a little surprising. I mean, I, I know their run game is horrid. Alex Collins has not played the part whatsoever. Um, the whole offense as a whole looks t- bad. I don't think they're making playoffs. They they have three wins. Like they're th- three and eight. At, at that at that point, it's a. I don't see how you make the playoffs there. Like the teams like the Falcons are ahead of you, and I don't see them making the playoffs. So yeah, why bring in an old guy like that? Like, yeah, no chance. Yeah, like why bring an AP to to resurge your offense? Like if I'm AP, I mean you got to love AP. He doesn't care where he goes. He just wants to play. He wants to run. He wants to hit people. But go to a team that is going to make a push for playoffs or something like that. Give yourself a chance to get a ring before you retire for good. Yeah, and, and it made sense at the time when he went to Tennessee. I mean, ultra elite running game, you assume the O-line had something. To do. We knew it was Derrick Henry, but we assumed the O-line could block. Turns out we were wrong. Um, then you go to Seattle where – like they're running is piss poor and it's not just because the running backs suck it's because the whole line is terrible like the passing game is inept it's like this isn't this doesn't make sense to me from an ap perspective other than exactly what you said he just wants to play football and run through a motherfucker's face so mm-hmm. good for him i hope he crushes it i'm a huge ap guy love rooting for him seems likable obviously teams still like him enough to sign him on the spot so good for him uh the funniest thing is todd Curley is getting zero calls still which is just yeah, I kind of forgot about that name for a while. I think it's done forever. Well, yeah, I mean, with with the likes Very of sad. the people we've seen be signed, I mean, Devontae Freeman and, and AP at this point, like, Todd Gurley's not even getting a knock on his door. He's got to be done. Maybe he just has no interest in playing. I really don't know what his, his stance is, but pretty wild. Uh, pretty, yeah, pretty I mean, I mean, like, he's he might have had calls, too, and just said, hey, like, my I I can't play. I physically yeah. can't do it. And what's the point of me yep, hurting exactly. this again for my future? There's yeah. no point. He's like, I'm happy with the you money mean, I made. I, yeah, you made plenty of money. Like, I'm just gonna sit down and while I still have the ability to walk, hang up the cleats, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, doing the opposite of hanging up cleats, Amari Cooper's putting his back on. Uh, so is C.D. Lamb, allegedly for Amari. I think there's still some uh, debate over whether he's going to be eligible, but he was activated off the COVID list. First, the report came out that said he was absolutely not playing. He was going to miss another game. He's listed as zero points in every single app. Then a report comes out that he's elevated off COVID list. He's good to go. He's going to play on Thursday. 
CD's locked in. CD's playing Thursday. So the Cowboys get two of their biggest offensive weapons back, if not the two biggest. I mean, this just spells success all across the board. I mean, they're playing the Saints. Um, I mean, who, who are a good defense, but their offense is so bad that if, if the Cowboys can shut them down, I mean, it, it shouldn't be much of a contest. And I think uh, the Cowboys are really looking to extend that lead in the, in the NFC East while the Saints are kind of on the outside looking in. I mean, the Cowboys lost three, three out of the last four, so they have to win here. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Cooper one's weird because I saw the same thing, like, oh, he's not going to play. Like, oh, okay. Like, I gallop in a few leagues. Cool. Also, Cooper, too, would suck. And then he's going to travel with the team, going to fly with them. But he his, he's still has symptoms. Like, he's physically not there um, health-wise. So, if he plays, is it one of those Cooper games where he plays as a decoy? Because right. if he's not, like, he's out in, in for two games already – he's having trouble breathing in the facility you put that on on the field on th- on thursday night like i, I yeah. don't know i think that's a really risky thing i think do. it's risky and i think it's almost just dumb but that being said how are you still symptomatic and then flying with the team like how is that not a, like a close contact for every single person on the plane so I don't know. We're yeah, continue done the NFL's that. rules. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we've seen it more than enough times in the past with Mark Hooper uh, that he will go out there and just be a decoy. So, very well. Yeah. I think that's a good point. It could very well be another one of those games. I didn't really think of that. I was just plotting, like, put him right back in my lineup. But, yeah, I think, I think you still have to and just go with it. Um, you'd hope that if he's on the field, it's because he can be. Don't, yeah, don't I mean, beat. he's always, uh, you know, liable to run one of those like man beater fake slant out routes and grab mm-hmm. a touchdown on the goal line or somewhere. He just got to give a little energy for five seconds. So I don't know. It'll be an issue. You do it. Yeah. Um, then a little stupid piece of news I tossed in here. Niners and Bengals getting flexed from 1 p.m. to 425. Doesn't really matter, but it's interesting to start seeing games getting flexed this time of year. So I always like this. I, I don't know. I always like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's good for the Niners. They look good. The Bengals have a fun offense. Back right into the Bengals, too. 12 highlights. Joe Mixon, absolutely destroying it the last four weeks. And he's not talked about. No, nobody even notices that he is, I don't want to say setting records, but he's put four games in a row over 23 points. Like, that's no joke for any running back. And like literally you don't even hear about Joe Mixon killing it. So I wanted to like throw that out there, but again, Leonard Fournette just had to one up him this week. I think it was Jonathan Taylor last week who had to one up him. Mm-hmm. I could go back and find more, but I think that's enough to prove my point that no matter how good Joe Mixon does, somebody always has a better game than him and he just gets kicked to the curb, which absolutely sucks for him. But uh, I mean, I bash uh, Joe Mixon left and right this year coming into the, into the draft. I was like, I'm not drafting this guy again. I'm sick of him. He's burned me too many times. I got him like the four, uh, third or fourth round. Couldn't be happier. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I got him late in one league, and he's arguably my best running back right now, especially after losing Derrick Henry. But it's not like he's getting like a 30-point game and he's getting the 12. Like he's getting 23 points at least the last four weeks. And it's the reason the Bengals are winning these games. And I think they're not going to – go away 
from that. Um, of course, you know, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins running down the field only helps them because they can't leave those guys open because if they stack the box on Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase has an 85-yard touchdown easily. Yeah, nice free one with absolutely no coverage. Like, yeah. So, they're, I mean, their offense is set up well. Their defense has been playing better than I expected them to, to be to be honest, but I wouldn't say they're elite by any means. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're poised to make a run. They just dismantled their rival Steelers this past weekend. So, uh, if they can keep doing stuff like that, no reason they can't go pretty deep into the playoffs. I mean, the Ravens are sputtering. The Browns look lost on the field. I don't know. They get a, a big upside over in Cincy right now. Yeah, and I mean the Ravens too. I mean we saw it last week against the Browns. The Ravens are like the Souths from the last couple of years in playoffs. They play to the opponent's strength. So if the Ravens play the Chiefs, they're scoring thirty-five points. If they play the Browns, they're scoring fifteen. Yep. Like that. That. That's just. I want a more consistent. Like Lamar, give me twenty-eight points a week. Right. Like you just be the Lamar Jackson I expect you to be not mm-hmm. the Lamar Jackson throwing four interceptions. Like can't, just can't have that. They you know they yeah. said it was the first time a team threw four interceptions and then won the game in the history of the NFL. One in 52. Really? Yep. Wow. Wow. Browns, you suck. <laughs> That's so Browns. <laughs> well, you're part. good picking it off, but Baker, goddamn. Yeah. Um, then back to Leonard Fournette who had to outshine everybody this week, dropped over 40 points. Uh, 17 attempts for 100 yards, three rushing touchdowns, and then seven receptions on eight targets for 31 yards and a touchdown there as well. I mean, that's just a monster week. I think he's really set the Rojo, Geo, all conversation about any other running back in Tampa, just completely set that behind him. Like, it's Leonard Fournette's backfield, and that's, that's it. That's, that's the long and short of it. Yeah, I mean, I think people realize that wasn't the Rojo show after week <coughs> one kind of solidify that by week four, but everyone kind of just thought like, Oh, once Joe's healthy, he's the pass catcher, not Fournette. And that's just so, so false. Yeah. And like, um, then I you mean, thought like, you know, Leonard was good for 10 to 15, usually somewhere in there. And then he just pops through one of these monsters. Like, all right, well, let's still do it. Yeah. And I mean, it, it sucked because him doing this, uh, Brady got 12 fantasy points, Mike Evans and Godwin, just complete duds, but that's what happens with the Bucks. Like, if it's going to one guy, it's going to one guy. And then Gronk had a big 100-plus yard game, um, and that's a scary thing with the Bucks. Like, you like to spread it out more. Maybe they do it in other games, but they didn't have to in this game. They were finally giving Lenny the ball. Uh, Brady knew that. Brady doesn't care about stats at all. He just cares about the W. So, yep. yeah, he's, he's looking very good for your playoff push. And you got oh, him wicked late in drafts. Yep. Um, Antonio Gibson, I kind of already talked about, so we'll just cruise through him. But he posted his highest carry total of the year at 29 for 111 yards, uh, as well as 7 for 7 in the receiving game for another 35 yards. Didn't find the end zone, but if he did, he'd be looking at even more of a monster game. Um, and then that J.D. McKissick injury, something to monitor for him going forward. Um, another guy I don't even want to talk about. You want to take this guy? <laughs> no. No, I will. Um, <laughs> Comes back from injury, Cordero Patterson's right back to his usual things. I love this fucking prick. (laughs) That's in the docket. Um, 16 attempts, 108 yards, two rushing touchdowns, um, only two catches for 27, which is funny because um, he's been using the passing game a lot. Like, oh, that's the only reason he gets his 
his work is um, in the passing game. Nope. <laughs> he's he's running it. Mike Davis is washed. I mean, we've known that for a few weeks now. But, I mean, you think Fournette was a steal in drafts. Holy shit. Uh, Cordell Patterson, what a massive steal. Oh, I, I mean, 100%. Like, like you said, Cordell Patterson gets that stigma of being a pass catching back. Well, Mike Davis actually got four targets instead of uh, Cordell Patterson getting those. So, you don't, you know, I mean, you don't even know what the Falcons are doing, but Cordell Patterson appears to be legit. I hate to say it. I don't, I don't really consider him a prototypical running back. I mean, but well, you can't argue with the, the product he's putting on the field um, because that just is what it is. You got to play him every week and that hopefully you grab him early. Um, I mean, I would guess that he wasn't even drafted in a lot of leagues. So, um, yeah, Jalen Waddle seems like he's in pretty good sync with Tua. Um, he went nine for 10 for 137 yards and a touchdown while pretty much nobody else on Miami did much of anything, but I, well, I shouldn't say that miles Gaskin had a good game, but he, he continued his streak of good game, bad game, good game, bad game. But Jalen Waddle appears to be the favorite target there, which a lot of people said coming into the season as Miami, I don't want to say reached to grab him, but, uh, he went earlier than I think a lot of people expected. And now you're seeing why, I mean, he, he's absolutely making, uh, making it work with Tua who appears to look for his way more often than not. I mean, I expected Gesicki to be the bailout target, but it looks like Jalen Wallace taking a lot of those underneath routes at this point. Yeah. Um, I'm loving what I see from them. Um, I think he's wide receiver 14 on the year. He's a wide receiver A since week six. I know they haven't had their buy yet, but still that's, I mean, and he's a guy that like each week is not even like talked about as like a top tier guy, but he's putting up wide receiver one number since week six. Yeah. And he's I, also a guy you got wicked late in drafts too. Yeah. Nobody seems to be talking about him. I think a lot of people think like, oh, Miami, their offense is bad. Don't even touch them. But you could do much, much worse than Jalen Waller right now. Um, another guy that gets no recognition, I, I think, across the league is Kendrick Bourne. He hit the end zone twice last week, made some really nice moves after the catch, including a beautiful stiff arm, and seems like him and Mac Jones are, are really getting on the same page. I, I haven't heard that it seems like he's the go-to target, but I think Jacoby Meyer still has that still has that moniker for now. Um, but Kendrick Bourne's a big play guy. I mean, get him the ball on a, on a drag route or a slant, he can house really anything from anywhere on the field. So, um I don't know exactly where he's ranked right now. I'm trying to look it up, but it's it's higher than you I think. I think he's like wide receiver 20 or 23. Like it, he, yeah, 24. He's so a, he's, he's a wide receiver too. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and and he and he's a guy that even in a few leagues, I'm in like, do I start him this week? Like I still have that thing because I'm a Patriots fan, so I know that one week could be great, one week could be a dud. But he's been more consistent as of late, so I can definitely trust him in my um, lineup going forward. Yeah, he's got five five weeks in double digit points out of twelve so far, and two of those he went over twenty when he had eighteen. I mean, I'll take that. He's he hasn't given you a dud like a certifiable dud since week nine at four point nine points. So I don't know. Just he's a guy that's probably more consistent than he gets credit for. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I know I'm kind of partial to him because I've been playing him most weeks, but well, playing him in dynasty where we kind of have to play these these deep sleepers, but. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't even call him a sleeper. It's wide receiver, too. So, yeah. And one guy I do want to add on this we can talk about is Elijah Mitchell, 25 fantasy points last week, 27 attempts for the second time this season, 133 yards and a touchdown. 
five receptions. So he wasn't a guy in the passing game where people thought he would be, but five receptions. And that's with a healthy Jeff Wilson there. Jeff Wilson, I think, saw one one carry or he's on the field once, but um, hopefully he can, you know, keep up, keep it up without getting hurt. His biggest thing is he puts up these performances, misses the following week because he gets banged up. So great to see uh, San Fran use one guy. It's been it's been a couple of years, but yeah, Jeff Wilson has been a, a disappointment, I'd say, uh, across the board. So good to see Elijah Mitchell crushing it, crushing it though. Uh, TNF preview Thursday night. Usually we just put out an article, but today we're going to come at you with some some fun stuff to talk about. Yep, Cowboys and Saints. Again, we talking. We are just kind of talking about. Um, Cooper traveling with, with a team, CD's back. Um, you take us to a better matchup, but I mean, I, I Kamara should play. I know Ingram is locked in to play for the Saints. I want to see Kamara back. If he's back, this, this is a way better matchup. Yeah. Um, my other thing, too, we didn't really mention the news is Taysom Hill is likely the, the starter this week. Yeah, which is. Probably the right move for uh, considering what Simeon's put on the field the last couple of weeks. Um, I mean, he got massacred by the bills on, on Thanksgiving, but the bills are still a tough team, even though they've struggled as of late, but um, Taysom Hill gives you a lot more versatility. The problem is even if Kamara's back, we've seen Kamara and Taysom Hill struggle to coexist. So that'll be interesting to see one way or the other. Um, the other guy I'm really interested to see what happens with is Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, the saints are, a premier run stopping defense at this point. And Zeke Elliott has seen nine carries each of the last two weeks. And that's way below his season average. So that being said, he's seen eight targets each week. So it's not like he's not on the field. It's not like he's not getting work, but if Zeke is your pass catching back and Tony Pollard is your between the tackles guy, I don't know that that's your recipe for success. Um, and maybe it's not because they've lost three of the last four games. But I don't know. It, it's, it's a very interesting matchup to monitor. Um, I don't necessarily like running backs against the Saints to begin with. Certainly not ones that are seeing a huge downtick in their, in their touches. So I don't want to ever say that Zeke is my sit, even though I did say that last year and nailed it. But, you did. Um, That's with no Dak. Right. It's, it's a lot harder to sit and seek with a healthy Dak and a returning Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz and uh, Michael Gallup's on the field. <laughs> you should have the opportunity to see him work, but um, I, I think your expectation for Zeke this week is maybe a, a, a ceiling of like 12 to 13 points instead of his normal floor being around that. Yeah, and I think if I start him too, if he gives me that, I can live with it. Um, yeah. Especially since I said they kind of want to take some – work away from him and give it to Pollard. But I think if he's healthy, they, they give him the majority of the work. They, ha- they have to win. So, yeah. Um, Michael Gallup for the Cowboys, I think, is a good play. I don't know the Cooper situation. Uh, I think he does play if he's traveling. But if anyway he's a decoy or a limited because he's still sick, then Gallup's just right in that wide receiver two range with – CeeDee Lamb as the wide receiver one. So Gallup could have a decent game too. Don't don't make it seem like, oh, he's he's now the third again because Cooper and CeeDee are back. I say it's still starting because maybe Cooper is not 
hundred percent and doesn't look, look like he is. So what if he gets 30% of the snaps and Gallup gets 65? Great. And we saw him do that on that snap share last week. Um, he took five catches on eight targets for a hundred plus yards. And if he would have found the end zone, he'd be looking at it, you know, uh, was that like an 18, 19 point game? So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's certainly the receiver we all expected him to be. He's, he's, there's no question about his talent. It's just his opportunity. And like you said, if, if Amari is reduced in his role at all, Gallup slots in there beautifully. So, Oh yeah. Um, on the flip side, you have the, the Saints wide receivers. And I mean, none of them are really playable at this point. Um, yeah. I, I, I maybe take a shot on Tracon Smith. Uh, he's on the field. I think most out of all of them getting more targets for I mean, for what that's worth. But with Taysom Hill there, you know, he doesn't throw the ball that much and he's going to probably check it down to the tight end um, and, and then, just run the ball. That's, uh, that, yeah. that's all he's going to do. Yeah, if you have Taysom Hill in, I think it's a massive hit to all the wide receivers. Um, mm-hmm. Marcus Callaway has been a disappointment any week this year that he hasn't scored a touchdown. So I don't think you're banking on Taysom Hill, like linking up with him for a, another score. And then uh, Deontay Harris, is, I mean, he might usually be good for one deep catch, but we haven't seen that one deep catch for three weeks now. And Taysom Hill is not the guy to get him that deep ball. So, right. I don't, I mean, Troutman, is he, is he healthy again? He might be someone to look at. I think, for... I think he's still out. So it'll be the Johnson guy, but I don't even trust he hit. I, I would leave every pass catcher on the bench. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'm looking for any of them. Because like you said, I mean, close, close range. He's not drinking and dunking. He's going to run. He's going to try to run it in, um, or they're going to try to give it to Kamara if he's healthy. But I mean, I don't believe in Taysom Hill as a, as a, as a thrower of the ball. Yeah, no, me either. I mean, <laughs> for fantasy, he's going to give you the points because he does run, score rushing touchdowns. But for fantasy wise, for everyone else on the team, it's not great. Yeah. Um, either way, I think it will actually be a decent game to watch with the Saints defense matching up pretty well with uh, the Cowboy offense. I think it's really going to boil down to what the Saints offense can do against the Cowboy defense. And I mean, that's that's a huge question mark. So, yep. All right. I guess that's a TNF preview. We went over some big week 12 highlights, some big injury news. Uh, get another podcast to you tomorrow. Um, update you guys on the injuries you know the following day maybe some guys get back to practice maybe some guys still sit more concerning guys you can pick up in case these guys don't make it back on the field but um we'll we'll let you know in the start sit podcast yeah we'll be back to our usual format on the start sits tomorrow so um yeah i mean that's really it that should bring uh top shelf podcast 178 to a close as always follow us on twitter instagram facebook top shelf fntsy um listen on our website please sign up on our website if you sign up on our website you will get access to stuff quicker uh more efficiently we'll like you more like there's a lot of stuff that goes into us wanting you to sign up on our website it's free it doesn't cost you anything yeah, it won't that, bug you with a ton of free. emails it will just give you quicker access to all of our content um and yeah topshelffantasy.com stay polluted Still is.